You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, November 15th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with work at places like Baseball FYI, on Base, Off Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for, and have a piece dropping there about the Padres starting pitching rotation. That should come out this week, and we will be talking about it. Uh, of course, you guys can always follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or you can follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at L-O underscore Padres. Both accounts are fantastic. Both of them, lots of memes and silly jokes. Um, definitely check them out. If you saw me just now uh, pointing at myself, pointing at my name, it means that you're watching the YouTube and you can check out the YouTube Locked On Padres. All my audio listeners, a link to the channel is in the description of the podcast. So check that out, guys. And again, as always, thank you for making Locked On Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And for today's show, it's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good one. Continuing continuing the top 50 free agents breakdown numbers 11 through 20 uh started with 1 through 10 last week on Thursday so you guys can check that out um after I had a little bit of a, a false start last week I'll be honest with you a lot of just errors when it came to recording the, the podcast last week which was unfortunate but hopefully you guys enjoyed uh part one where we talked about guys like Scherzer and Marcus Stroman who's like the, the top free agent starting pitcher my feeling about all that stuff we're gonna can you continue diving into and Friday's episode I thought was really great and fun uh talking about um Bobby Fontaine Jr. who was a scout uh he was on the podcast on Friday along with Taylor Blake Ward to discuss their new book and kind of talking about scouting Tony Gwynn and guys like that then it was it was really great one of my favorite episodes so for you sure to check that out uh but enough of that let's let's do it it's it's just really simple guys over at the athletic you full article at all of key laws breakdowns and stuff but because he's a big person in the whole baseball world i figured let me base my offseason sort of outlook on the top free agents and compare it to keith laws piece so check that out on the athletic guys let us begin let us begin number 11 on keith laws top 50 free agents of the 2022 season is there's a drive deep into uh deep into left field and that'll be a home run. It is Nick Castellanos, everybody. Um, a guy that a lot of Pirates fans have reached out to me about. Um, and by a lot, I just mean a few. It's not like I'm, you know, uh, I got this crazy audience. I'm not doing the Colin Cowherd show or anything like that. But uh, I have had Padres fans ask me about Nick Castellanos and a couple of Reds, too, who we'll be talking about in some capacity later this week. But uh, Nick Castellanos this past year, just reading this, uh, 2021 war of 3.3 career war of 12.3. So definitely not a guy who's had an incredible, like total career out of all the guys that we've mentioned on the free agency, uh, list so far, it's definitely not that. Um, and it's, it's a little bit misleading as, um, Keith Law points out here. He's at 20.21.6 career offensive war, but loses nearly half of that due to his poor defense. Here's the thing, guys. I think Castellanos is a solid hitter, and I actually think his market is going to improve, and the possibility or the 
I should say, I wouldn't hate the Padres going after him if, in fact, by all reports, that especially from what I've heard from some people, is that it sounds like we're getting the DH next year. That could significantly improve his market or if he's able to go to first base because he is a minus defensively, make no mistake about that. And that's why I was so cautious about the Padres getting him. Sticking him in left field or whatever, yes, I love the offense. That would be great. The Padres could kill they were so they could have killed for a a power bat like Castellanos last year. You know what I mean? And yes, it is true. Twenty three of his thirty four home runs uh, came at home, but even still, I think no matter where he goes, is going to be great. Uh, Marlins host Arm Layton did a great, great piece breaking down uh, kind of in depth the the home run stuff and whether or not he's just a, a really good at um, Cincinnati's. Um, great American ballpark like he kind of broke that down and basically determined and long story short uh, that no it's not he's not a total ballpark kind of um, candidate I should say this isn't a guy who's like you know what's a good example this isn't uh, I don't know what was the last who's uh, cargo was he from from Coors Field who's a guy that oh uh, what was his name. Corey, Corey Dickerson like that guy was unbelievable at Coors Field and then left and then was a mess he was also an outfielder. Um, but uh, I think he's a really good player. But again, I just don't want to get another guy who could be a minus defensively. And you guys might be saying, well, what if we get the DH? But if we get the DH, that still leaves guys like Eric Hosmer on the mend. And I'm, I know that there's a possibility that maybe with Melvin in town that they might consider benching Hosmer more. But even still, committing a decent chunk like that for a guy who isn't going to give you anything defensively, it just makes me a little bit worried. I think you could find some other potential bats on the market that won't cost as much as Castellanos, even if he is really fun and really fun to make memes about and what have you. So I know I got a lot of guys to mention that, but because of the Hosmer thing, don't really know. And especially because I would like for them to trade him. I don't think it's impossible they trade him this offseason, but since it's probably unlikely, uh, you're going to stick one of those two guys. You're going to have a, two minus defenders on your roster when it's not like you have any super studs outside Machado and maybe Cronenworth on your team. So... I really wouldn't do that uh, if I were the Padres. But then again, can't wait to see where he goes. Like I said, really deep free agency class. And now we talked a lot about Castellanos and his meme power. I love that dude so much. Number 12, unfortunately, we got to do some Dodger love. And I hate to say it, guys, but number 12 on Keith Law's top 50 free agents heading into the 2022 season is Chris Taylor. And as he notes, Swiss Army Knife, age 31, though, which is actually a little bit older than I expect. I thought he was like 28 or something like that. But he's been in the league. At least he's been blowing up for a decent amount of time now. Uh, career war of 15.2 and 2021 war was 2.7. A tremendous story. He was traded for Zach Lee. Those of you who might be familiar with the Lockdown Dodgers hosts, uh, Vincent Sampiero, every time Chris Taylor does something great, he just puts in all caps, the Dodgers acquired Chris Taylor in exchange for Zach Lee. Um, and and it basically is just a super lopsided, very low key lopsided trade. You know what I mean? Everyone talks about the Chris Archer to uh, from the Pirates trade that gave him Meadows and Shade Baz and Tyler Glass. Now everyone talks about that, but Chris Taylor. I mean, like I said, he's a he's a Swiss Army knife. He's very very healthy. He can play multiple positions. So, and I actually think now I don't think this is a smart strategy that teams do, but this happens every year. I think that his value could be inflated, but I don't hate it. Uh, it could be inflated by the fact that he had a great postseason. He's a guy that you always feel like is going to get that big hit. He had the walk-off hit against the Cardinals. He had a bunch more. I could honestly see, I, I mean this, I could see maybe not a, like a, a DJ LeMayhew light type of contract. For those unfamiliar, he got like a six-year, you know, like $80 million contract, something around that range. I don't have it right in front of me right now, but maybe five years, 60. I could see that because a lot of players' teams might look at versatility, really good defensive player for the most part. And yes, uh, new swing and stuff like that. He does strike out a little bit more as Keith Law notes, but even still at 31, I think there are teams willing to say, 
we just feel like this guy is going to be a good player. Maybe he won't be a star. Maybe he won't move the needle for a lot of teams. But think of him as like in the NBA, like a Draymond Green. You know what I'm saying? Maybe like a, um, I forgot that guy that plays for the Pacers. But like, you know, this glue guy, I guess you could say. And I think teams are going to say, you know what? If we're not going to get uh, Corey Seager or any of these superstars, let's get a guy that we don't think is going to decline um, expeditiously. You know, he's not going to be an absolute mess. So I could see Chris Taylor getting a very, very juicy contract. And I think he kind of deserves it. And now, guys, let's move on to number 13, because I don't want to talk about any Dodgers more than I have to, believe me. Uh, number 13 on Keith Law's top 50 free agents heading into the 2022 season is... Starling Marte. Now, this is where I disagree. I actually think Starling Marte should have been hired, and I understand why Keith Law might have had him a little bit lower. Uh, is 33 years old. That's a little bit older than Chris Taylor. But 2021 war of uh, 4.7, career war of 34.8. Um, look, and, and as he notes here, he certainly peaked at the right time. His highest OPP of his career was in 2021. Uh, has gotten a lot better at walking, a lot better plate discipline. He also posted a 369 BABIP, was near his career high, and probably won't hold going forward, forward as especially as he hits his 30s. But he's a speed guy, and what I like about him the most, decent defensive player. He's not what he used to be necessarily in the outfield. He's declining a little bit, especially in his older age. But what I like about him, consistency every single year this guy is going to give you a decent batting average he's going to walk a decent amount he's going to give you eh, not the most power in the world but just be a, a solid player you don't feel like he's going to fall off and especially with this trend of an increased walk rate starting Marte's playing at like kind of the best level of his career now that might make people nervous does that mean do we really want to give this guy a contract? Like, are we absolutely sure that, you know, all those steals numbers and the, the, the on base numbers that they're not going to deflate as he gets older, that is a fair concern. But also when you look at the totality of his career, or I should say of his past couple seasons, he's been one of the most valuable players in all of baseball. Colby Olson, another friend of mine, he writes for just baseball. Uh, he wrote about this too, where if you do like war per one sixty two. There was basically nobody better than Starling Marte, which is pretty crazy. Granted, that takes into account a little bit of a truncated 2020 season, but even still, he's been an excellent player. But I would be careful because of the age, because of the fact that his speed might slow down. But if you're a contender, I like this guy for a contender. I don't know if I love him for a team that's really rebuilding, though, because it, it feels a little Jacoby Ellsbury-ish when he got signed by the Yankees, where he's a very good player. But don't sign him for too much and expect him to carry your team when you might want to look elsewhere and continue your rebuild or just kind of spread your allocate your resources a little bit better, dare I say. Even if allocating your resources isn't necessarily something you have to do or theoretically should have to do in baseball. Uh, but still, uh, I definitely like Starling Marte. Starling Javier Marte, guys. You know I'm a big fan. Uh, and I'm rooting for him because he had a lot of tra tragedies transpire in his life. I think he's a 20 million player at minimum. And Keith Law, reading this, uh, he is very much believing uh the same thing 20 million players so he's gonna be really fun and i'm also just from people that i've been talking to i'm hearing though that houston is a likely spot for him but again if the padres sign this guy would not hate it let me tell you i would not hate it whatsoever i'd be very very excited but before we continue we've been talking a lot about starling Marte and nick castellanos and chris taylor before we get into the rest of uh numbers 11 through 20 on keith law's top 50 free agents guys let me just talk to you really really quickly really really quickly about something very, very special, guys. Very, very special. And you know why it's special? Because it is a simple thing to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream, ladies and gentlemen, brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in 
one place. And the best part, best part of all is that there's no annual contracts. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Guys, remember to check out Direct TV Stream at directtv.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Before we continue, of course, I just want to remind you, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right. Number 14 on Keith Law's top 50 free agents for the 2022 offseason, offseason, whatever you want to call it, is a guy who was a lot higher not too long ago. A guy who had tremendous trade value, a guy who was mentioned in trade rumors every five minutes. It is... Division rival Trevor Story in 2021 had a war of 4.2, career war of 26.8, which might surprise a little bit of people because he didn't have like the most outlandishly incredible season in the world, but he was really solid. One of the reasons he's really solid is because he's got like a really good glove over at, the, um, at shortstop for the most part, I should say. Uh, he wasn't like incredible, incredible necessarily this year, but he was really solid and also been a very consistent um, player for for a while this year, though, not the best offense in the world. 251, 329 on base, hit 24 home runs. But like I said, years before that, you got to look at his stats before that, right? 289, 355 in 2020 with 15 stolen bases, by the way. He could also steal some bags and 15 or 11 home runs, which in 2020 was a lot. A year before that, 23 stolen bases, 35 home runs. A year before that, 37 home runs and 27 stolen bases with good batting average skills and great on base skills some people would bring up the the strikeouts these days unless you're hobby bias with the strikeouts i don't really care because a lot of players are striking out in baseball so very good player but i will say i will say ops of 800 this year he did decline which i think uh got people a little bit a uh, little bit nervous but even still because of the good glove even if he might be a course field product I like the idea of going after him. You know what I'm saying? I think that this guy is just, for the right price, a really smart addition. I'm fascinated to see where he goes. It is very silly that the Rockies didn't trade him, and he was puzzled at the deadline. You guys should go look that up. Just type in Trevor Story confused. It should be in the Denver Gazette or something like that. And he's just, I mean, I get it. You don't trade him, and now he's going to walk in free agency. He's 29 years old, which is good, so not too old, um, despite the fact that he's um only debuted not too old he's got a lot of power he aims big but again 31 percent strikeout rate but i'm not overly worried about this guy i think 14 is after him some people might be out on him because there's a lot of good uh, shortstops with marcus simeon with carlos correa with javi baez with um uh what's his face Corey seager like a lot of people might be forgetting about trevor story i'm sh- very curious to see where he goes i've heard yankees i've heard the rockies no i'm kidding he's not going back to the rockies but i've heard a lot of different spots and maybe because of kind of a little bit of a down year and because of the course field stuff might be a little bit of a bargain bin uh type of player in comparison to the other shortstops so i'm very curious to see where he goes but of course we got our shortstop and we don't really uh have since he's a good glove uh having him at dh wouldn't really make a lot of sense unless i wanted to put tatis there it'd be a crazy move it'd be exciting and get views on my podcast if they did that because everyone would be like oh my god he's gonna he's gonna play shortstop and the tatis is gonna either go in the outfit or the dh that'd be a fun experiment but i don't think that they're doing that instead i think he's a really fun player to watch and again guys this is the number 14th player there's a lot of other players left so let's keep it going guys number 15 on Keith Law's top 50 free agents for the 2022 season is a guy that not a lot of people saw coming whatsoever. At 34 years old, it is 
Brandon Belt. That's right, guys. Crazy, right? 2021 war of 2.7, career war of 27.3. As Keith Law notes here, just reading from it, Belt's career has been marked by injuries as much as by strong performances. Since becoming a full-time big leaguer in 2012, he has had four years where he played 70% or less of the Giants' games. That's 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 pretty wild. That's pretty wild. But in 2020, he has he hit. I'm sorry. Since the start of the pandemic season in 2020, he notes he has hit 285, 393, 595, an incredible slash line with 30 homers in 148 games. Had he done all that just this year, he'd be getting MVP votes, which I somewhat agree with. I mean, Brandon Bell may be a little bit of a victim of the fact that San Francisco is not necessarily conducive to the type of power that he has with his side of the field that he pulls to, but he's a good player. Now, at 34, though, I don't really know where this guy is going to go. I can't get a vibe for him at all, but you know, at 34 years old, I'm curious because I wonder how many teams are going to think this is legit. I think people think it's legit, but they might be wondering, is this that San Francisco thing? Because as you guys know, people have talked about a lot. They got the best out of their pitchers, man. I mean, they're, they're hitters. At 34 years old, I don't really know where this guy is going to go, but I think that a three-year deal could make sense for him, especially for a contender. And to be honest with you, because he's been with San Francisco so long, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, him stay there, especially if maybe you're worried. I think that there's so many different options that open up if we get the DH next year. If you're worried about the decline, they might just bat him at DH. Like, it's fine. They'll be like, whatever, forget the first base thing. We're good. Uh, I'm going to be very curious to see where he goes. But again, first base, unfortunately, unless we got him at DH, maybe. Heck, actually, if anywhere. Again, the Hosmer thing is so weird. But moving Haas to DH, let's assume that. Brandon Bell to the Padres would actually not be the worst move in the world. I think he could really help out this lineup. But I get why people are a little bit pessimistic about him, or at least a little cynical, a little bit nervous that he might have overplayed above his head since the start of 2020. Now, number 16, guys, on the top 20 list of the 2022 free agents, ladies and gentlemen, on top 50, it is number 16 from the city that I hate the most, the team fan base that I hate the most. It is Eduardo Rodriguez, left-handed pitcher, age 29, from the Boston Red Sox, or I should say he's now free agent formerly from the Boston Red Sox 2021 war of 1.8 look here's the thing Eduardo Rodriguez he's a really good bet to be better than he, what he was this year he a lot of his, his his stuff I mean none of the extra peripherals you can bring up xFIP you can bring up FIP you can bring up weighted on base you can bring up all that stuff the fact that he was missing bats for the most part the fact that he was good before uh in 2020 or I should say 2019 he had some really solid starts especially for that Boston team even despite all that but um, just his 4.74 ERA this past year, it really isn't reflective. 3.32 FIP and with a career worst strand rate, which is really bad, and a 4.10 BABIP allowed with men on base, much of which seems kind of like, look, when you have a 4.10 BABIP, that's like, oh my God. Now, I wouldn't recommend teams overpaying for this guy, but he's a smart ad. Maybe it's possible. It is possible that we're expecting a little bit too much and maybe the underlying stats, he might just only improve by a little bit. But even still, I like his talent and I like the fact that he's only 29 years old. It makes me feel like this guy can be really good again. And it makes me feel like he'd be a great addition for other teams who want to get starting pitching, but not necessarily for the price that a guy like Robbie Ray, Max Scherzer, Marcus Stroman, uh, and maybe even Verlander, who we'll get to um, in a little bit on this, uh, is going to cost. So he's very interesting. But again, uh, it's going to be fascinating. It really is going to be fascinating to see where he goes because I think that um, Eduardo did get very unlucky. And you saw that he pitched better in the playoffs a little bit for the Red Sox. So he'd be one to target for sure. If I'm the Padres, not a bad one. But again, I think there's going to be a decent bidding war for this guy. It's going to be very interesting. But now, um, get into the last three 
or last four, I should say, that we're going to be discussing on today's episode. Let me take one second, just a second, to talk to you about Thanksgiving. And you know why? Because I love Thanksgiving, guys. All the good food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but it isn't so full of calories and sugar. You might know where I'm going. It's the perfect time for Built Bars, ladies and gentlemen. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace that coconut cream pie with the coconut Built Bar or a raspberry pie with a raspberry Built Bar. There are lots of good flavors from coconut uh, brownie chunk, which is a favorite of the Locked On crew, let me tell you. Uh, Cherry Barcia, uh, Rocky Road, Grasshopper Cook. They have all sorts of flavors, guys, that are popping in and out all the time. It's really great. Low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high-protein. So what are you waiting for, man? Yeah, you. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Come on. Yeah, come on. You want to say something? I dare you to say something. Oh, you're not going to say something. Okay, in that case, then go check out Built Bars, guys, at Built.com. You can use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All righty. Home stretch. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Number 17 on Keith Law's top 50 free agents of the 2022 season is a name that makes me very happy. It is Carlos Rodon, left-handed pitcher, age 29. He's a very interesting guy, and he's a little bit of a gamble because the big thing with him is health and how he ended the year. Even so, the uh, 2021 war of 5.0. This is basically his first breakout season. Really, really exciting stuff. And again, guys, we're at 17. We're already talking about really exciting free agents. Trust me, there's still more to come. Believe me, we got a fun name coming up next. But Rodon, here's the way I see it. If you believe in 2021, uh, which I do, I really do. I think that there's a lot of his metrics. He was a former top pick. Um, He's one of the best stars in the American League when he was healthy. Uh, But again, it is a little bit nerve-wracking because of the shoulder. And here's the thing. If I'm the Padres, I'm not going after this guy. And it's not because I think he's going to be bad. It's because of the fact that the shoulder, I don't want to deal with another injury potential guy. We already have the stuff with Lament. We already have the stuff with, uh, what's his face, with with Gore to a degree, even if it's not all health-related, with Mackenzie Gore, top prospect, the top pitching prospect for the Padres. We also have the stuff with... um, Who's the other pitcher we have? We also have Mike Clevenger coming back. Hopefully he's healthy. I just don't want to deal with this. The Padres are very, very, very not good at developing pitching, so I don't trust them until further notice. Uh, but he is good, I will say. And the reason why I was so happy to see him on this list and have one of the best seasons of anyone in the American League absent the health issues is because I love the White Sox team. I really do. I think they're the Padres of the American League in terms of the swagger, in terms of a little bit uh, how diverse their team is in a lot of ways. they got a lot of Latino players and Dominican players and, and Cuban players. It's really great. And then what I like about them, too, I love that Lucas Giolito and Carlos Rodon, two top prospects, two top overall picks once upon a time, that they're late bloomers. It just makes me really happy to see that. I always root for guys that kind of have a little bit of a, a stumble. And then everybody gives up on them. And then they finally figure out a few years later because, you know, everybody is just so, you know, fans are so fickle, as you guys may know, uh, that they're ready to give up on a guy immediately. And I love seeing that. So Rodon, I think he's legit, but because of the shoulder issue, not a guy I would go after. I don't think he's worth the risk for this Padres team necessarily. You could make an argument, though, that because I'm actually kind of optimistic about the Padres starting pitching next year, that if Rodon doesn't work out, 
well, at least you have a lot of other guys that could potentially give you value in this Padres rotation. But even still, I still like some other guys. Like the guy we're going to bring up next, which is number 18 on Mr. What's-His-Face. Uh, Keith Law's top 50 free agents for the 2022 season is right-handed pitcher. It is Thor Odinson. That's right, guys. Noah Syndergaard of the New York Mets fame. Age 29 years old, career war of 15.9. He missed all of 2020 and 2021 while recovering from Tommy John surgery and barely made it back to the majors at the end of the season in a sort of proof of life call up where he showed he hadn't lost his fastball, but also wasn't all the way back. I'm reading from Keith Law's piece directly, by the way. His velocity was down almost three miles per hour in his two MLB appearances in 2021 compared to where he was before surgery, although there have there are many plausible explanations for that. We also didn't even see him throw any breaking stuff and blah, blah, blah. He's still rehabbing all this stuff. So here's the thing. Similar to Rodon, very similar to Rodon, he's a little bit of an injury risk. But he had a fastball that topped out at 100.4 miles per hour in 2019. We have seen what he looked like. This is a Cy Young caliber talent when he's healthy and all things are going well. He's 29 years old, which doesn't make me feel like this is necessarily as big of a risk maybe. This is similar to Rodon. I should have brought this up with Rodon, but... I just think he's been a stud before. I think he's a gamer. He's had really good uh, starts when the team has needed him before. I know that the Mets are a bit of a mess uh, in basically every sense of the word, but I like the guy. He can come back and be really, really solid. Um, if it if it wasn't for the fact that he was injured, he would probably be one of the five, th- maybe dare I even say higher than a Robbie Ray type of pitcher if he had pitched. He has that sort of talent. It's actually kind of surprising that he's only 29 years old. I've heard about Thor and his tweets that go viral and everything seemingly since I was in high school, which granted wasn't too long ago, but still I feel like he's been in there forever. But because of the injury risk, is he worth an ad for the Padres? I wouldn't hate it. It's a frisky ad. And when he's healthy, we have seen He's been a beast. And the reason why I have him uh, a little bit higher, in my personal opinion, than a guy like Carlos Rodon, why I would disagree with Keith here, is because I think he's done it for a little bit longer. Uh, 2021 was basically the first time that Rodon uh, sort of broke out. Sorry, there's just this thing on the floor that's bothering me. I want to move. Um, uh, that Because of that, because it was Rodon's first sort of season, I'd rather have uh, the chance, uh, the risk with Noah Syndergaard versus the risk with Carlos Rodon. That's just me. Again, not a pitcher I would hate the Padres going after. And he's a fascinating case because if he's healthy and he's not necessarily the top pitcher that's going this offseason, you might be looking at a genuine steal for whoever gets him. If he's healthy, if he's healthy, because he's probably better. Like if he's healthy and pitches this year, he's probably at least ahead of, I don't know. Gosman, at least. I think you'd rather have a healthy Noah Syndergaard than Kevin Gosman, right? At least in my opinion. It's close, though. It's close. I can't wait to see where he goes. Uh, but let's move on, guys, because we only got two more uh, left for this part of the episode. I hope you guys are enjoying, though. Number 19, John Gray. Right-handed pitcher, 30 years old, 2021 war of 1.3, career war of 11.1. And here's the thing. None of... The immediate stats jump out to you. He had a season in which he struck out a whole lot of batters, Mr. John Gray. But you wonder, is this just a Coors Field thing? I hold the belief, along with many others, because of that elite sinker and all that off-speed stuff that he has, that Herman Marquez, also of the Rockies, that that guy's like a Cy Young dude if he's not pitching in Coors Field in that insanely ridiculous ballpark with the with the air pressure, whatever the heck it's called, the altitude. There we go, with the altitude. Um, he mentions here, If you get him out of cores, he'll be a star, is what Keith Law mentions in quotes, 
or somewhere in between. Gray hasn't been better away from Denver in his career with a 4.65 road ERA versus a 4.54 home one and a much higher walk rate on the road. So it's not as simple as flipping that one switch. His four seamer does play better on the road, higher whiff rate, lower in play rate. And the slider is an out pitch with plus break in both dimensions. And I like the slider. The Padres have had really good record lately with sliders, by the way, both with Zach Davies last year and Nelson Lament last year. I don't know. They're doing really good with sliders. Hey, even Blake Snell, you saw him going to the slider a bunch this year. He started killing it. So I'm just saying, I like slider guys. Just because I've seen Padres pitchers do well with them lately. Uh, he has generally been durable, avoiding major arm injuries and only missing any significant time due to a pair of foot fractures. But he did hit the injured list in 2021. Back in uh, and forearm tightness in September. Um, I, I think he mentions here, it depends on what camp you're in. Uh, you can be in the underrated, or you can say, we're just assuming, because if you take him out of cores, that he could be great. I just think he's worth a shot. Look, we did it with Musgrove last year, and look how great he was. Not really all that impressive stats necessarily, and then he starts gaining a lot of interest in 2020. Some interest at the 2020 trade deadline doesn't happen. Then you bring him here, the uptick in curveball usage, the uptick in all the fastball um, or the not fastball stuff. His fastball isn't very good, Mr. Joe Musgrove. But the fact that the curve was really good, the fact that the sliders, all the offset change stuff was just killing people. I think that that's what led to Joe Musgrove being great. What if John Gray is one of those guys? Granted, he is 30 years old, so he's not a young spring chicken, but I like him. I like the flyer on him. I think he could be really good away from Coors Field. Um, but granted, if you're one of those people who's like, uh, I don't trust Padres pitching development uh, for a guy who hasn't been all that amazing in his career, uh, I respect that. I do. I think that that's a very fair uh, point to have where you're kind of like, look, I just don't trust the pot because this guy isn't like a known commodity necessarily. This isn't like when they traded for Clevenger or Darvish or Snell. Uh, I don't want to do this because we're not going to make him any better. So I understand that point of view. But even still, I think he could be an interesting guy to look at for the Padres. We'll have to see, though, because I think that um, the Padres might be doing they, they might mean a little bit more of the areas outside of starting pitching uh, for sure. We'll have to see what happens, guys. But Let's bring up the next one, a guy who has largely been uh, a little bit eh most of his career uh, until it finally seems to have clicked. Number 20 on Keith Law's top 50 free agents heading into the 2022 season is Kyle Schwarber, outfielder and first baseman, 29 years old. He had a 3.2 war in 2021, a career war of only nine, which just shows to show you that he's only figured it out recently. He had his best season in the majors, which might have something to do with the change of scenery, or it could just be some random good fortune. He always has had big power and murdered fastballs, but struggled more with off-speed stuff and was often futile against left-handed pitching. It's a great point. He was adequate against Southpaws in 2021 for the most time for the first time in his career, although it was fueled by a 3.7 or I'm sorry, a 0.377 BABIP that seems really unlikely to reoccur. And I'd still prefer to use him as a strong side of a platoon rather than as an everyday player. Schwarber's the type of player that the Padres could have used last year. I'll tell you that much. They could have used him last year. I really do believe that. Um, and because of the splits issue. That could be a thing. But again, I don't know what this guy's going to get contract-wise. As a kind of cheap option, potentially, I don't know. Maybe he's worth looking into. Ooh. I don't know. Look, basically what I'm trying to say is the Padres need power. Uh, they were really lacking that in 2021, and I don't think it was fluky. I know you have Machado, and I know that you have... Um, Tatis, who's going to fuel the heck out of your power. But for the most part, like outside of that, who feels like a big power threat, right? Trent Grisham regressed in a lot of ways. He can't hit inside pitches to save his life. And his power 
just we thought it was really we, we thought he was having an increase this year and then he just fell off towards the end of the season much like a lot of other players jake cronenworth for some reason is a power guy that we trust a lot more than we thought was going to happen right but with fam and the fact that i don't think myers i just think that we shouldn't expect too much from him even if he's had 28 30 homer power before i just don't know if we're going to get that from him uh this next year and we know from haas unless he embraces launch angle and improves oh i said his name dang it i forgot unless we get a improved launch angle from the guy at first base I don't see him hitting for all that much power too. So while I don't like necessarily the fact that he hasn't been good throughout the course of his career, just as a power guy, you could do worse if you're just trying to improve that stuff because the Padres were desperately, desperately need a power this past season. And they don't really have too many guys that I see as of right now are going to improve in that department. Maybe you could hope a little bit from Grisham. Maybe you can hope for a bounce back from Myers. But all the advanced stats on Myers are really hating him last year. He was not barreling the ball barely at all as this past season, even with the increased walk rate. Uh, I don't feel great about him. He's definitely not uh, the free agent. Or, I'm sorry. Um, it's, it's definitely not a, a department that I expect the Padres to do well in as of right now. I like Schwarber, but again, I'm just so used to him being eh. I really am. I don't know if this is the type of guy I want to sign. He could go off. I know he was going nuclear for a good portion of the season. He had that incredible run where he's hitting home runs every day. Him and Joey Votto had some crazy stretches this year. But I just don't like the fact that he's not going to give you that much plus defensively. And with Padres need to have a guy that's going to give them plus defensively. You need that. Or at least you need a guy who's not going to be a minus. And I think Schorber might be one of those guys. And like Keith Law says, maybe he's a platoon guy. So we'll see. We'll have to see where he goes. I think he actually might resign with the Red Sox. Uh, but we'll have to see guys, but the people that are coming up next, like you guys are going to be surprised. We still have some really fun players to talk about here. And a lot of players that I think that the Padres are going to at least be inquiring about, uh, including my number one, most excited for free agent, but we're not going to talk about that just now because that is end of number dos of the parts for the top 50 free agency breakdown guy. You enjoyed it. We got plenty of names, including a certain Dodger who's going to be heading into the Hall of Fame. He's a free agent. We're going to be talking about him for sure uh, in part three of the breakdown of the top 50 free agents, guys. Uh, again, this isn't my full official players that I want the Padres to go after. Haven't compiled that just yet. Still thinking about it, but just my thoughts on the free agents. And for the most part, with the exception of um, Noah Syndergaard, I think should have gone above Carlos Rodon. I think that um, Starling Marte should have been ahead of Chris Taylor for the free agents. I actually think you could argue that Starling Marte is a top 10 free agent and that you moved down Javi Baez, actually. I actually think you could argue that. But anyway, guys, uh, thank you for making, as always, Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. And now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. That is Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Guys, go check that out. Free and available on all platforms. For tomorrow's episode, for tomorrow's episode, we're going to take a little bit of a break from the free agency breakdown. And instead, because I feel like this is an important thing, but my article didn't come out in time, we're going to be talking about my new article that should be hopefully posted in Just Baseball by the time you guys are watching this or around the time you guys are watching this about my just very brief overview of the Padres starting pitching kind of position that they're in and being a little bit snarky about it and what have you. And we're going to be talking about that and answering a question that I got from the old Apple podcast app. So be sure to send me five stars in the Apple podcast app. And in that app, if you send me uh, a question in the review description, it is guaranteed to be answered on the show. And it was a good question. I'm really excited to be talking about that. So that's probably going to be tomorrow's episode. And then Wednesday going to continue the old break it down. You know what I mean? I'm gonna, I was in a good mood today. 
I don't know. I've got some video games I'm going to play. Uh, by the time you guys listen to this, I'm just doing some like non-thinking work. And I love doing non-thinking work that I could just listen to podcasts and stuff and research and do some other stuff. Uh, it's a good time for me. It, it really is a good time for me. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy right now. Uh, so anyway, guys, without all being said that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever your podcasts from. Follow the show, which is at LO underscore Padres or myself, which is at JAV. I-I-P-E-N-O at Hava Peno. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, check out Locked On Potter YouTube if you want to see my ugly mug and me messing with the curtains and doing the robot and all that stuff and doing weird stuff. Uh, so, yeah. Until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prayer faithful homies, take care.